Tui, Climax and Culmination of Fatima, a talk given by Father Michael Rodriguez at the conference, Fatima, the Moment Has Come, hosted by the Fatima Center in Manchester, New Hampshire, over Christ the King weekend, the year of our Lord, 2022. I will begin this morning with a prayer of consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Hail Mary, beloved daughter of the Eternal Father. Hail Mary, admirable mother of the Son. Hail Mary, faithful spouse of the Holy Ghost. O Mary, mother of divine grace and mother of mercy, queen of heaven and refuge of sinners, in accordance with thy ardent wish made known at Fatima, we consecrate ourselves to thine immaculate heart. We consecrate to thee our very being and our whole life, all that we have, all that we love, all that we are. To thee we give our bodies, our hearts and our souls. To thee we give our homes, our families and our country. We desire that all that is in us and around us may belong to Thee and may share in the benefits of Thy motherly benediction. O Mother of Grace, grant that we may have no other spirit but Thine to know Jesus and His divine will, that we may have no other soul but Thine to praise and glorify the Lord that we may have no other heart but Thine to love God with a love as pure and ardent as Thine. O Mother of Mercy, hasten the consecration of Russia to Thine Immaculate Heart and spread true devotion to Thine Immaculate Heart to all souls throughout the world. Reign over us, Most Holy Mother of God, and help us make the sacred heart of thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, reign and triumph in us, even as it has reigned and triumphed in thee. Eucharistic heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Divine heart of Jesus, convert sinners and give perseverance to the just. Most sacred heart of Jesus, save the dying, free the holy souls in purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Sacred heart of Jesus, I give myself to thee through Mary. Sacred heart of Jesus, mayest thou be known, loved, and imitated. Sacred heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come. Amen. My talk this morning is on the spectacular vision of Tui, which took place on a Thursday night. June the 13th, 1929. This vision of Tui is both a summary and the culmination of the Fatima message. Again, a summary and the culmination of the Fatima message. So, it's well worth reflecting on it. If it summarizes the Fatima message and is its culmination, it's well worth that we reflect on it. And this is why I'm giving this particular talk this morning. It's also why we're beginning this week's conference with this particular talk. 
not so much the speaker, but the theme, the topic. As Kevin mentioned to you, the title of this week's conference is Fatima, The Moment Has Come. Today and tomorrow's talks will present key aspects of the Fatima message and will also highlight how recent and current events demonstrate that now more than ever we must obey God, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and the heaven-sent message of Fatima. This is the solution. Obedience to God, to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and also specifically to the heaven-sent message of Fatima. Hopefully, you will be inspired to recognize Fatima's relevance today, its importance and its urgency. Again, Fatima, the moment has come. Central to the Fatima message is to obey God and to submit to Him. May Thy will be done. As Sister Lucia witnessed the spectacular vision of Tui, the Virgin Mary spoke to her thus, quoting our Blessed Mother, The moment has come when God asks the Holy Father to make in union with all the bishops of the world the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart, promising to save it by this means. So numerous are the souls which the justice of God condemns for sins committed against me that I come to ask for reparation. Sacrifice yourself for this intention and pray. I just want to encourage all of you, if you have it with you, to take a look at it now and during my talk. This is a little book, uh, a really good book for those that are not familiar with the message of Fatima, simple to read and uh, excellent work. At the very back of it, it has a picture of the vision of Tui. And then also here, we have the 2023 Fatima calendar. I also encourage you to get the, the calendar. It's a very useful, a very spiritually rich tool that you can use. I actually just recorded a video explaining and kind of promoting the use of the calendar. So also be on the lookout there on the Fatima Center website so you can hear it explained. But anyway, for the month of June, the picture is the vision of Tui. And it's got a quote, the 2023 calendar for each month. It has a very important quote from the message of Fatima. So that hopefully throughout that the particular month, you'll become more familiar with that particular quote. And the one for June, because again, the vision of Tui took place in June. The quotation from the vision of Tui is the one that I just read to you. So, these concluding words of our Blessed Mother at Tui, what is very clear is that Tui asks for obedience. Now, Russia has been spreading her errors throughout the world. There are even nations that have been annihilated. This is what our Blessed Mother warned about at Fatima 
what would happen if her requests and God's commands were not heeded. In other words, man's disobedience, this is the result. I hope that for all of you, it's very clear that particularly what's been going on in our country in the last couple of years, I think one of the speakers is also going to certainly kind of focus on this, that very clearly the errors of Russia spreading about as much as they can spread in our country, specifically government control, we might say moving towards a total almost total government control. What probably is very much on the horizon is more and more government control of your finances, of your ability even to manage your own money. So government control, government censorship, these I would say are hallmarks of atheism and communism and totalitarianism. Government control, government censorship, and also the media as total propaganda where the media is no longer interested in objectivity or even trying to find the truth or present facts, but pretty much 100% propaganda. Now, these I think are very practical and real events that should wake us up so that we see the consequences of disobeying God, of disobeying the message of Our Lady of Fatima. Certainly, I think this should motivate us to act now. But above all, as faithful Catholics, hopefully what will motivate us even more is obedience to God. May thy will be done. That what primarily moves our minds and our hearts is not even the chastisements that are upon us or that threaten us, but the fact that we believe in God, we love God, we hope in God, we adore God, and we obey God. If this is what God is asking of us through His Most Holy Mother, then we obey, we submit. This is why I tell you that obedience is central to the message of Fatima. In particular, the Pope's obedience and the obedience of the bishops of the world. But it's not limited to just the hierarchy of the church. All of us are being called to obey. For the lay faithful, in particular, with the first five Saturday devotion and also the prayer of the rosary, wearing the brown scapular. I'm just trying to highlight for you, quoting these words to you from our Blessed Mother Division of Tui, how central to the vision of Tui is obedience. Because our Blessed Mother herself is saying, the moment has come in which God asks the Holy Father to make the consecration of Russia to her Immaculate Heart. And remember, Tui is a summary and the culmination of the entire Fatima message. It stands to reason that there's going to be heavy emphasis in Tui on obedience because this is central to the message of Fatima. Hopefully many of you are familiar with the prayer 
that I think it's probably also here in our calendar. I haven't looked at it, but I would imagine it's there. Hopefully all of you are familiar with the prayer that the angel taught the shepherd children in his first apparition, preparing for the apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima that took place in the spring of 1916. He taught them to pray, My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love Thee. I ask pardon of Thee for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love Thee. Now, listen to the slight addition I'm going to make to that prayer because it makes perfect sense. If I believe, adore, hope, and love God, then I will obey God. I will offer my will to God. And so I can then pray, My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, I love, and I obey Thee. I ask pardon of Thee. Here, making reparation. I ask pardon of Thee for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, do not love, and do not obey Thee. This is a beautiful prayer. I'm going to say another word about it right now because it's also extremely relevant to what took place at Tui. Beautiful prayer. And again, I just want you to think about how they're not just words. It doesn't really make any sense to be praying, my God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee, if I'm not obeying God. We could even say that the greatest sign that we believe in God, that we adore God, that we hope in God, and that we love God, is to obey Him. Again, to offer our wills to Him. May Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Many of you already know this, but likely there's some of you that don't. The Blessed Virgin Mary appeared at Cova da Iria, just outside of Fatima, Portugal, six times in 1917. These are the main apparitions of our Blessed Mother at Fatima. And she appeared once a month between May and October, almost every month with the exception of August on the 13th. She told the shepherd children, Lucia, Francisco, and Jacinta, that she would return later to ask for the consecration of Russia to her Immaculate Heart. And this is what took place at Tui. The Virgin Mary came to ask, and again at Tui, she doesn't just ask for the consecration of Russia. That's why this quote that I read to you, and that's also in your 2023 Fatima calendar. It's good to, it's good to learn it well. She didn't just ask for the consecration of Russia at Tui. She also asked for reparation. She came to ask for reparation and the consecration of Russia to her Immaculate Heart at Tui. Twelve years later, the apparitions of Our Lady at Fatima taking place in 1917, Tui, June the 13th, 1929. Again, on the 13th just as she appeared in Fatima on June the 13th, 1917, at Tui, she appeared on June the 13th, 1929. Tui is a town in northwestern Spain, located near the Spanish-Portuguese border. On Thursday, June the 13th, 1929, between 11 and 12 midnight, 11 p.m. and 12 midnight, Sister Lucia, a newly professed Dorothea nun, was praying 
the angel's prayer of reparation before the blessed sacrament. Please remember this very important detail because it connects Tui right back to the very beginning of the Fatima apparitions. What took place in preparation for Fatima, again, the angel of Portugal appearing to the shepherd children, he appeared three times in 1916, preparing for the apparitions of our Blessed Mother the following year. In that first apparition of the angel of Portugal in the spring of 1916, that's when he taught the shepherd children the prayer that I was just pointing out to you. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love At the very first apparition of the angel of Portugal, you could say at the very beginning of those apparitions of Our Lady, this is the prayer that's taught. Sister Lucia is praying this precise prayer that night when she is blessed with this spectacular vision from heaven. And not only is she doing that, but she's praying before the Blessed Sacrament. She's doing a holy hour from 11 p.m. to 12 midnight. She's praying before the Blessed Sacrament. She's praying prayers of reparation before the Blessed Sacrament. This is precisely what the angel of Portugal taught the children in his third apparition in the fall of 1916. This is kind of to show you how Tui is a summary and the culmination of the message of Fatima. In some ways, I think we might make the argument, it's not something that we can know, we can only speculate, but I think we can say that, who knows? It's very possible that Sister Lucia's prayers of reparation and her prayers of reparation before the Blessed Sacrament, that they kind of sped up the arrival of the moment for the consecration of Russia. And the whole point being is that it's very possible and very probable that the same applies to all of us. That if more and more of us are truly being faithful to the message of Fatima and obeying God, remember obedience, central to the message of Fatima, and obeying God, obeying Our Lady's requests, trying to help others to also, other Catholics to also obey Our Lady's requests, very possible that that will also speed up Finally, the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary by the Holy Father in union with all the bishops of the world. The vision of Tui is a spectacular theophany. That word means it's a spectacular manifestation of God. What dominates the vision, if you just look at that vision of Tui, what really jumps out at you is the mystery of the Most Blessed Trinity. The depiction of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Just in that regard, it's a call to to truly believe in God, to hope in Him, to adore Him, to love Him, to obey Him. It is God, the most blessed Trinity, who is our origin, our end, the center of our lives. Besides the image of the Father, Christ crucified on the cross, and the Holy Ghost, there are three other aspects of the vision which stand out. And those are 
the image of Our Lady of Fatima with her immaculate heart in her left hand. The depiction of the Holy Eucharist, that is, blood flowing from the wounds of the crucified Christ over the host and into the chalice. And again, almost an exact replica of the vision, just this particular, not the whole Tui vision, but the, the Eucharist. The fact that you have there the host and the chalice and the precious blood. Almost a complete replica of what the children witnessed at the third apparition of the angel of Portugal. Again, kind of bookending the apparition of Tui, or the vision of Tui, with the very beginning of Fatima. Signs of how the vision of Tui is a summary and the culmination of the message of Fatima. So that also stands out for us. Our Blessed Mother, Our Lady of Fatima, holding her Immaculate Heart, the Holy Eucharist, you see very clearly in that vision, the chalice, the host, the precious blood, who could not think of the Holy Eucharist and the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, and also the words, grace and mercy. The words grace and mercy in Latin, gratia et misericordia, but in English, the words grace and mercy flowing down from the left arm of the cross like a cascade. Sister Lucia described it as like crystal clear water. Like crystal clear water. Again, a very powerful image of the Holy Ghost. And we could even say the sacrament of baptism. And kind of like the sacraments in general. Really, we have, in a very real sense, a summary of all of the sacraments of the church with blood and water. We have the blood and the water. And also the water, obviously, a very powerful symbol of the Holy Ghost. Again, back to what I told you dominates the vision. God the Father, God the Son, our Savior Jesus Christ on the cross, and God the Holy Ghost. So, this vision of Tui reveals to us that when it comes to the truth about God, obviously we begin by professing our faith and our love, pledging also our obedience to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. But the vision of Tui also reveals that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are three infinite fountains of grace and mercy. We have here, again, as a manner of speech, three overflowing cascades of grace and mercy. The Father, the Son, and with the Son specifically, Jesus Christ crucified, and the Holy Eucharist, and then the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost and the crystal clear water. Three infinite fountains of grace and mercy. The message of Fatima in many ways is about God's grace and mercy. God giving us special grace through our Blessed Mother and through her Immaculate Heart. There's never been a time in the history of the church 
when the Immaculate Heart of Mary is taken on a more prominent place and is offering us so much grace from God. Certainly, the message of Fatima is overflowing with mercy because even though we've been offending our Lord so much, and these are the words of our Blessed Mother in the sixth and final apparition on October the 13th, 1917 at the Covadeiria, the miracle of the sun, where she was sad and urged the shepherd children, the people must stop offending God. They must stop sinning. He is already too much offended. And yet we've continued to offend and offend and offend and offend, disobey, 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 disobey. And God in His infinite mercy continues to offer us the opportunity to make reparation, to pray, to sacrifice. Again, praying the rosary, using the brown scapular. And so it shouldn't surprise us that, again, the vision of Tui, that grace and mercy, God's grace and mercy, play a very prominent role in the vision of Tui, because Tui is a summary and the culmination of the message of Fatima. I'm going to say a quick word, hopefully it's a quick one, because I say things are going to be quick, and I go for minutes and minutes and minutes. But I just want to say a very quick word about the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, because this is so important, and it is central to the vision of Tui. I find it very difficult, I mean, I don't really see how, a sincere and faithful Catholic cannot look at the vision of Tui, kind of reflect on it. Obviously, they have to be a little bit knowledgeable. I mean, a little bit knowledgeable, I'll, I'll say exactly why, but I'm going to try and at least right now in a few minutes kind of impart a little bit of this very, very basic knowledge. But I cannot, for the life of me, understand how a Catholic who has at least a little bit of knowledge of the faith is sincere, wants to love God more, wants to be a, a good Catholic, wants to, again, love God, love our Blessed Mother, you know, praise, for example, the Rosary how they cannot see the vision of Tui and recognize that central to the mystery of God, the truth about God, is the holy sacrifice of the Mass, and specifically the traditional Latin Mass, what is truly the Catholic Mass. I'm not going to go too much into this right now. I know that probably for a lot of you, you may be wondering, well, well why is Father saying that? Look, be patient. I mean, don't get too, uh, if you're kind of wondering, this is, sounds like kind of like hard words or harsh words. Be patient. There's a really good explanation, I mean, to, to really understand why I say this. But it's true. It's true that the true Catholic Mass is the traditional Latin Mass. The new Mass that has been promoted within the Catholic Church over the last 50 to 60 years, that's not a Catholic Mass. It really has no real liturgical and theological roots in our 2,000-year tradition as Catholics. The only thing really that's propping it up right now is the fact that the hierarchy for the last 50 years has said, no, no, this is the Mass, this is the Mass, and they kind of force the faithful to accept it because they don't provide the traditional Latin Mass, and in the past year it's gotten even worse because now we have Francis himself actively trying to eliminate the traditional Latin Mass. But, just quickly, the point is is that one, it's just obvious 
the traditional Latin Mass, the Catholic Mass, when one looks here at the vision of Tui. Why do I say this? Well, because, again, central to the vision of Tui is Christ's sacrifice on the cross, Christ crucified. This is what the Mass is. Don't be fooled, Catholic faithful. It's a tragedy because there's so many Catholics today in the year of our Lord 2022 that they no longer understand what the Mass is. You know, they may understand prayers and, you know, readings and songs because it's in their vernacular language, but to truly understand the Mass, they no longer understand the Mass because they no longer understand that the Catholic Mass truly is the sacrifice of Christ on Calvary that is once again made present and made real. And once again, the fountains of grace, the fountains of infinite grace from the holy sacrifice of the Mass and from Christ's cross are open for the faithful so that we can get to heaven, so that we can get the forgiveness of our sins, so that we can grow in holiness, as I mentioned this morning, so that God's grace will extinguish vice in our souls and spread virtue and help virtue to grow. So, the crucifix here central, holy sacrifice of the Mass. As if that were not enough, we have the Holy Eucharist. We have the chalice and the host. The chalice and the host that are straight from the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And in the Catholic Mass, they're always given the greatest reverence and love. And that's why, for example, you see the chalice veil over the, the chalice and the, and the host. Everything that's taking place in the Catholic Mass, and when I say Catholic Mass, I'm talking about the traditional Latin Mass, everything that takes place in the Catholic Mass is also geared to profess faith, I believe, faith, adoration, hope, and love in God. But in God, who's truly present in the Holy Eucharist. We as Catholics should also be praying, and this is what Sister Lucia was doing at the Vision of Tui. She's praying, My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love Thee. And she's also recognizing God truly present in the tabernacle and in terms of the vision of Tui, truly present there in the Holy Eucharist. And so there we have the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, so clear. If that were not enough, the whole vision of Tui, basically, it kind of takes place on the altar. On the high altar, and it's not a table, it's a high altar. On the Catholic altar. There truly is, I mean, it, in some ways you could almost say that, kind of like it gives rise to the, the vision of Tui. The giant cross of light is right there on the altar. Basically what's always there at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, even visible to us. Because the actual sacrifice of Christ on the cross is something invisible, but you know, actually there on our altars at the very center is the cross of our Savior Jesus Christ. I mean, basically every time, aside from the great, like let's say supernatural aspect of Mass, even in just what's visible, every time I go to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, I mean, that's pretty much what I see in terms of Christ crucified. Vision of Tui. And then, even the words, as I was just telling you, very important to the vision of Tui, grace and mercy. I likely won't be able to develop this as much as I'd hoped to, but grace and mercy, it's like water flowing and it's running over the altar. Again, connected to the altar. If we want God's grace and mercy, we have to go up to the altar of God. We have to go to the altar of God. 
Don't forget also that Sister Lucia, when she's praying, she's spending this time in prayer when the, between 11 and at night and midnight. Where is she? She's at the communion rail. I think that's very significant. And I think it's so sad that today in the Catholic Church, where can you find a communion rail? There's so many churches where you can't even find a communion rail. And it's not something silly to say, well, if there's no communion rail, how are you going to find God? I say it's not silly because I, I can see somebody answering, oh, Father, I don't need a communion rail to find God. You know, I, God's in my heart and I can still believe, even I believe that our Lord is present in the Holy Eucharist. But here we're missing the point because these are very important parts of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, of the worship of the Catholic Church to show true belief and true adoration and true love and true hope and true obedience to God. And it's one of the ways that we show that by obviously kneeling before our King, our Lord God and King, whom we are about to receive, the author of all grace, the infinite fountain of grace. So, that was the quick words on the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, which turned out to be longer than I'd hoped. I'm going to kind of fly through these things here, but let me, let me just say this. Look, with the vision of Tui, what we have, and it's especially what I want you to remember, we have a revelation of the truth about God. And remember this because to truly believe in God, and I mean, there's so much we could talk about in terms of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, believe me. I mean, we could go on and on in terms of our true Catholic doctrine on this great mystery of the Blessed Trinity. But for lack of time, I just want to emphasize to you, keep in mind that when we're talking about true or, or believe the truth about God, we must have the holy sacrifice of the Mass, the Catholic way, the traditional Latin Mass. We have to have the holy sacrifice of the Mass and devotion to our Blessed Mother. We could say devotion to the Holy Eucharist, devotion to our Blessed Mother. All of the problems in the world, all of the problems in the world, all of the evils in the world, all of the problems with the false religions, all of this has to do with errors about God. And the more you think about this, I guarantee you, you'll see it. You know, you cannot really name a heresy that ultimately does not go back to errors about the truth about God. And that's why the message of Fatima has a lot to do with the truth about God. A lot of different things are going on in terms of, you know, you have angels, you have the vision of hell. But all of these things are also quite relevant to the truth about God. And that's why Tui, in really kind of emphasizing the truth about God, is a summary and a culmination of the Fatima message. I'm not going to go through it all because I want to, I'm going to try and abbreviate this, but what I had done for you, and maybe you can do it, it's something really beautiful. In four of the apparitions of our Blessed Mother, in four out of six, so in, in her apparitions one, two, three, and six, that's May the 13th, June the 13th, July the 13th, and then the last one, October the 13th. It's remarkable what takes place. 
everything's remarkable, but I mean, this little detail that I'm going to mention to you, that's not such a detail. Basically, what's happening is our Blessed Mother is opening her hands. And remember this, because one of our Catholic dogmas is Mary Mediatrix of All Grace, a beautiful one. I actually just... Again, we were, I was just recording some videos for the Fatima Center and I actually recorded a little one on that because there was a person that asked the question, you know, asked the Fatima Center about the whole idea of Mary is the mediatrix of all grace. One of the ways that we explain and the saints explain and the popes, you know, have explained this doctrine of our Catholic faith is how, yes, God is the giver of all grace. There's no question about that. God is the author of grace. Grace can only come from God because ultimately what grace is, is Grace is the life of God. It's the help of God. You might even think of it, especially of actual grace, in terms of like God extending His hand and lifting you up. Well, God's the only one that can do that. And again, with God, all things are possible. With God's grace, anything can be done. Without God's grace, nothing can be done. But what the saints teach about grace is they talk about how all grace comes from God, but all of God's grace comes to us through the hands of Mary. So, it's not saying that, certainly not saying Mary is greater than God. Mary is not creating any grace. All of the grace comes from God. But God has willed that all His graces come through the hands of our Blessed Mother. Now, this is certainly a central theme in Fatima. Although it's not explicitly, it's not like our Blessed Mother at Fatima, like she says, I am the Lady of the Rosary. She says that on October the 13th, 1917. Well, she doesn't say, I am the Mediatrix of all graces, but with the kind of detail, I guess not so much of a detail, the kind of detail that I'm going to point out to you, it's obvious that this is, it's a very strong, I would say it's even stronger than if she had said it in words. Because what she does in those four apparitions, what she does is she opens her hands. She opens her hands and there's light. There's light that just radiates out of her hands. And then different things happen in each one of the different apparitions. For example, in the sixth apparition, she opens her hands at the end, which is about to go up into heaven, and the light kind of goes up towards the sun because there's going to be a miracle of the sun. And it's remarkable because in the text, I mean, this is why also read your little Fatima booklet and, and those that said, oh, Father, you know, I've already read that book and I'm, I kind of know the message of Fatima. Read it again. Seriously, read it again and again and really take more time to kind of like try to do like a spiritual reading with it. Because in that sixth apparition, the light from her hands goes up to the sun and Sister Lucia tells us that the sun became even brighter from that light that came from the hands of our Blessed Mother. And the whole point about this light is that it's an image of God's grace. And especially when you see what's happening as a result of our Blessed Mother opening her hands, basically what's happening is the children are coming to know more truly who God is, even with the miracle of the Son, the power of God, the fact that God has power over all of nature. They're coming to know the truth about God and it's being mediated by the Blessed Virgin Mary. And this is exactly what then happens also at Tui. And I would say maybe even a greater way. Again, why? Because Tui is the summary and culmination of the Fatima message. In Tui, just listen to this about Tui. This is Sister Lucia describing the vision at Tui. Suddenly a supernatural light 
illumined the whole chapel. Now, she doesn't say it, but I kind of like to think that that supernatural light that illumined the whole chapel was again our Blessed Mother. Suddenly a supernatural light illumined the whole chapel and on the altar appeared a cross of light which reached to the ceiling. In a brighter light on the upper part of the cross could be seen the face of a man and his body to the waist. And then at the end she says, I understood that it was the mystery of the Most Holy Trinity that was shown to me and I received lights about this mystery which I am not permitted to reveal. I'm going to cut my talk short. I did have prepared to speak about a little bit about also the importance of Intui, our Blessed Mother and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Because again, this is central to the message of Fatima. And here the whole point is, is that this is a marvelous grace from Fatima that God's mercy and grace that ultimately come from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, that God has willed to communicate His grace through special devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Mary also at Fatima, I alluded a little bit to this in today's sermon. I'll preach about this in tomorrow's sermon. Fatima also in many ways highlights the Blessed Virgin Mary as Mother of Grace, as Mediatrix of all graces. Those in some ways are kind of interchangeable. Mary, Mother of Grace, Mary, Mediatrix of all graces. Fatima highlights Mary as Mother of Grace and also as Mother of Mercy. I wanted to also say quite a bit about that in terms of the grace and mercy, which is very important at Tui. I'm just not going to have time to get to it. So, I did want to say something about that. I'm going to leave that for the future. Maybe I'll record some videos. Yes, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I can record some videos and touch on that. I want to conclude by reminding you that at Tui, our Blessed Mother asked for reparation and the consecration of Russia by the Holy Father in union with the Popes to her Immaculate Heart. Many of you know that Francis performed a consecration. There was a lot of publicity about the consecration because it was about a month. The date was March 25th of this year, 2022, kind of a month after the war in Ukraine had begun. Almost certainly because there was a lot of pressure from you know the fact that you've got this war erupting in Ukraine, between Ukraine and Russia, Russia, that more pressure on France as well, you know, you need to do the consecration because it hasn't been done. Hopefully just the fact that Francis, who it's very difficult to get him to just even do anything Catholic. So, so I mean, even just the fact that everyone's trying to get Francis to do this should be a very clear sign to all the Catholics that the consecration has not been done. You know, we have still a fair amount of controversy of people some people claiming that the consecration has been done and it hasn't been done. The truth is, is that the consecration to Russia has not been performed and all the signs that we've had now, let's say six months after the consecration that Francis did on March 25th, 2022, I'd say it's, it's pretty much a certainty that that was not the consecration asked for by our Blessed Mother and by God. And I'll explain in just a few minutes why. But I do also want to mention that in this calendar, it's, I think, an excellent little chart. Even just for this, I would encourage all of you, get this calendar. Or if, or if you don't want to get it, just have your friend copy this for you. Make a photocopy, but have this chart. Because it's a beautiful chart. In addition to there's a timeline here on everything that's gone on with Fatima. There's a chart here that goes through all of the different consecrations of Russia 
that the popes have done. It has the year, and I think it also has the pope. And then it's a little checklist because it has, on the other side, all the different things that are required for the consecration. And then it puts a little check mark or an X on whether those particular consecrations fulfill that, uh, kind of like a yay or a nay. And we have on here, there are seven categories. So obviously none of them from 1942 to 2022, none of them have seven green check marks. All of them have at least one, I think at least two, yeah. I don't think there's even, no, there's not even one that just has one red X, which again kind of shows on a more serious note also the sadness and the degree of disobedience that has been taking place. We haven't even gotten that close to doing it the way that we're supposed to do. Now I won't say it because of lack of time and this will also hopefully encourage you to get your little chart. The latest one that was done, just so that I'm not going to have time to explain it completely, but the one that was done on March the 25th by Pope Francis has three green check marks and three red X's and then on the 7th, it has a check mark green, but there's a question mark. It's saying, well, we're not really sure if this was fulfilled. And if you're wondering what that might be, that condition is that the consecration has to be done by the Pope. And so that's why in the chart, it's saying we're not sure if the Pope is the one who actually performed it because there is a very real question on whether Pope Francis is truly the Pope. This is a serious question. Again, I don't want everybody to get kind of scandalized. I would encourage you, though, again, we actually just did, uh, Father Motsley and I actually did a video on this, on, the, on just the question of the Pope, which I think it's well worth considering. I'll just conclude here by also encouraging you to be updated with the Fatima Crusader in the summer issue. I think this is the latest one that's been published. I wrote an article on why I thought it was very doubtful soon after the consecration was done by Pope Francis, why I thought it was very doubtful that you know, it was really a valid consecration. And I encourage you to read that, but my basic point was just that in so many ways, what Francis has been doing in the course of his pontificate is just disobeying in one thing after another, God and the Catholic religion. And I was saying, it just, it just doesn't make any sense. It would almost be impossible for someone to really have the proper intention in even carrying out a consecration, even if it was like, let's say, you know, checking all the marks. Because Fatima isn't just about specifically obeying in terms of the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, but again, obeying God, as I mentioned to you at the very beginning. But I just want to conclude real quickly with this. I think a very clear sign that that consecration didn't work at all is that if it had been a valid consecration, by now we would have seen some pretty significant results. And it's really sad because what we've seen is we've we've actually seen an escalation in the war in Ukraine and Russia since that consecration was made. We're closer right now at the end of October 2022 than when that consecration was made in March of 2022 to nuclear war. I mean, if you go by that, I would almost say he hit us with a curse. No, I mean, and seriously, I mean, in, in saying, in some ways, maybe making a mockery of this, and so serious things here are going on. But I just want to give you a final historical example of something that happened after one of the consecrations. This was the first consecration that was done, the first main attempt that was done in 1942 by Pope Pius XII. He did a consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart on two occasions, very close to each other, on October the 31st, 1942, and then on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, December the 8th, 1942. They obviously weren't complete, but 
they did fulfill in some way. And look at the way that heaven responded to something that was even incomplete. The whole point being is that if the one that was done in March had been anywhere close, we would have seen some signs of this by now. Not even a greater threat than before of like a nuclear holocaust. So this is what happened in 1942. Almost immediately, this is what's incredible, almost immediately after those consecrations by Pope Pius XII. Pope Pius XII consecrated the world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary in 1942. First on October the 31st, during a radio broadcast to Portugal, and then again in Rome on December the 8th, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. This was in the midst of World War II, and the war was not going well for the Allies. However, very soon after the consecrations, the tide of the war turned. The Germans were defeated by the British at the Battle of El Alamein in Egypt on November the 11th. Consecration October 31st, November 11th, 11 days later. Winston Churchill said, quote, One can almost say, before El Alamein, we did not have a single victory, and after, not a single defeat. Close quote. Winston Churchill, not that he was a believer in Fatima. Two weeks following the October 31st consecration, the United States forces won a critical battle in the Solomon Islands against the Japanese. In addition, the downfall of the Germans at Stalingrad began on November the 19th. They were finally defeated on February the 2nd, 1943, in what many historians consider the decisive turning point of World War II. This was the first time, again, when the Germans were defeated at Stalingrad, again, barely a couple months after the second consecration. This was the first time in World War II that Hitler's field armies surrendered. February the 2nd is the Feast of the Purification of the Virgin Mary and the Presentation of Our Lord in the Temple. We pray. May the heart of Mary be our refuge in time of trouble. May the heart of Mary be our solace in the midst of trial. May the heart of Mary be our strength against temptation. May the heart of Mary be our present help in every danger. May the heart of Mary be our help at the hour of death. May the heart of Mary be for us the way that leads to Jesus. May the heart of Mary be for us the channel through which we receive all the graces needful for our salvation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved. May it serve to make Our Lady's message of Fatima better known, loved, and obeyed by all. For more resources regarding Fatima and the Catholic faith, and to support this apostolate with your donations, we invite you to visit our website, www.fatima.org, or call us at 1-800-263-8160. And may God reward you. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. Thank you.